It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 28th, 2019. My name is Philip Rosterreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Coming to you today on a Saturday to talk about the Orlando Magic's 98-97 to victory over the Philadelphia 76ers. No longer can we say the Orlando Magic have just one win against a team with a record above 500. They now have two. But of course, there's still a lot to talk about from this game. And it's a weekend, so we're going to dive right into this one. Talk about the big issues coming from this game. But before we do that, of course, I do want to remind you that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast here covering the Orlando Magic. With excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Download your favorite Download your favorite team's podcast today wherever you download podcasts. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. The Orlando Magic went up by 11 points with 1 minute and 49 seconds left in their game against the Philadelphia 76ers. To that point, through 46 minutes, it was probably the best Defensive effort the Magic have given all year, certainly against the highest profile opponent. The Magic were sharp with their rotations. They were uh, harassing and just everywhere defensively. And everything seemed to work, and finally they burst through, beating a really good Sixers defense themselves and taking full control of the game. Over the next two minutes, over the next minute 50, the Magic would have five, six, seven, eight, nine chances to put this game away. And even then, the Sixers needed every little thing to go right if they were going to make this comeback. But there was a Tobias Harris three-pointer. There was a missed free throw. There was a turnover. There was a bad three-point shot that led to a three-pointer. There was all and all and all and all this stuff going on. 
The Sixers made five of their 10 three-pointers in the final minute 49 of the game. The Magic missed more than half of their free throws down the stretch. And Orlando left that door ever so gently open time and time and time again. Aaron Gordon's dunk, an alley-oop dunk to make an 11-point lead with 1.49 to play, that should have been the end of it. That should have been the game. Momentum play, two minutes to go, 11-point lead. All you have to do is take care of your business and you're home free. Evan Fournier, stealing the ball away from Tobias Harris with about 30 seconds left. With the Magic up by, I think it was five at the time. That should have been it. That should have been the game. But of course, Evan Fournier made only one of the two free throws. It was a six-point game. And Philadelphia hits a three on the other end. There were so many chances to put this game fully and finally away that the Magic just gave up. And again, granted, everyone knew that they had given up and it was fully in their control to put this game away, to make it not such a a sweat, you know, such a such a difficult game to close. The final straw came with about five seconds left. Magic had called timeout to kind of reset themselves a little bit, get the ball up court. And Aaron Gordon turns it over on the inbounds. Ben Ben Simmons saves it out of bounds. Joel Embiid has the ball going up court with a chance to win the game down by one. Fortunately, Aaron Gordon does have the good presence. And the Magic, honestly, even though they gave up five three-pointers, played decent defense. A lot of those shots were contested. It wasn't like Philadelphia was getting open shots. There's an offensive rebound in the middle of there. Um, But... Orlando's defense was good all night, and it was good. It was at least decent late in the game. Aaron Gordon had the good sense to to reset himself after making that mistake. Rode with Joel Embiid up the court, contested his three-pointer, well behind the three-point line, slowed him down, and the Magic escaped with the 98-97 victory. The last two minutes certainly are concerning, but how often are the Magic going to miss as many free throws as they did down the stretch? How often are the Magic going to struggle to defend the three-point line or give up open or to give to give up contested three-pointers that go in in the same way they did at the end of this game? How often is all of that going to happen? It happened, so it definitely can happen. And the Magic have to be better about closing. But at the same time, the other 46 minutes were really encouraging. For the second straight game, the Magic's defense was on point energetic, playing with urgency, and effective. Most importantly, effective. For the second straight game, Orlando put in a strong defensive effort, keeping their opponent under 100 points per 100 possessions. For the second straight game, the Magic looked like the Orlando Magic we imagined they would be. Maybe it was the home cooking, maybe it was the extra days off. But the Magic finally looked like the Orlando Magic or at least the Orlando Magic that we expected. And that's not nothing. That's not something that we should look past just because there were struggles at the end of the game. And again, Philadelphia's a very good team, and the Magic left that door open. If Markel Fultz hits one of his two free throws, that the game's probably over. Like I said, there were five or six different opportunities that this game should have been over. And the Magic just left that door slightly ajar. And that's got to be the thing that they change the next time they're in a winning situation like this. Next time the Magic have a chance to win a game, like this, 
Orlando has to close the door. They didn't close the door. They did not close the door in this game. It didn't cost them in the end. They know it. They know they got away with that. It didn't cost them in the end. But the Magic did a lot of other things really, really well. A lot of it defensively. That the Magic, uh, you know, really for the first time that I've seen them, trapped and hedged hard on Joel Embiid throughout the entire night. I've not seen the Magic play that effective on Embiid, uh, really trap or double the way that they trapped and doubled in this game ever. Not, not since Steve Clifford took over as head coach. It was definitely a surprise, and I think it, I think it definitely took Embiid off guard, and it was effective. And the Magic's rotations behind were really, really good. They, they did give up a few open three-pointers early on, but once they buttoned up, once they tightened up, it was that, it was that kind of ugly game that the Magic honestly want to play. Like I think I said this early, early in the season. The Magic have to play ugly. They have to play games like this. And, if they, and I think they can win a lot of games like this. I know it's not the prettiest thing in the world. I know it maybe doesn't use all the Magic's athletes the way that some people want them to use them. But I think this is the way the Magic need to play. Keep that score low, defend really, to focus fully on defense, and figure out the offense later. Not that Orlando's offense was bad. I mean, they did shoot just forty-two percent. There were some bad shots with within there, but really they played under control. Um, they controlled the pace of this game, and I think that's that's ultimately what matters for this team. Orlando knows. That if it plays defense this way, they can beat anyone in this league. And that's exactly what happened for 46 minutes. The Magic played their best defense, the best version of themselves, again, for the second straight game. Magic had put together a string of good, or at least a pair of good defensive performances. And that's what this whole part of the season is about right now. It's kind of getting back to the identity and rebuilding the foundation. And this game reminds just what that foundation can do and how quickly it can fall apart. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who could help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Let's run through the final box score for you real fast, though, before we get into any of that. The Magic are led in scoring by Evan Forney with 20 points, 8 for 14, shooting 2 for 7 from beyond the arc, 6 assists. Two, uh, two for five from the foul line. Fournier, I thought, was really, really good in this game. Um, he, he, he picked his spots. He wasn't the main driver of the offense. It was still Nikola Vucevic and, to some extent, Aaron Gordon, who both had more shots than Evan Fournier in this game. But uh, I thought Fournier was really good and played under a lot of control. He got into the lane. He, hit his, he had his floater game working. Um, he, he, he didn't... He was never going too fast. Um, I, I think it's, it's notable 
that Fournier had six assists to no turnovers. He was looking to get others involved. He know, I mean, he had Tobias Harris on him. He had good defenders on him. And so he picked his spots. And, and, and I think, again, this is where Fournier is most effective. He got open. He got to open threes and he missed them. And you can live with that. He probably should have made at least two more of the free throws that he made. And typically he would. He's an 80% free throw shooter. So he had a below average free throw shooting night. But you 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 take those take you know let's say he makes another three pointer and and makes those free throws that's that's like a twenty six that's like a twenty six twenty seven point night that's the kind of night Fournier had very very quietly and the Magic again didn't feature him but he still found a way to make an impact and again I think I, I mean I, I would argue that that the big Magic's biggest problem offensively is they don't have any guy that you would feature you know they run a lot through Nikola Vucevic as they should he is their best offensive player and he's a pretty good passer. Uh, for a big man, um, but the offense doesn't always work around him, maybe as well as it should. I think some of that's design. I think some of that's just tactics. Um, and, and then they have Marco Fultz, who's a good driver and, and can get others involved. Fournier works better when you're getting the ball, him the ball in, on rotation uh, rather than as the initiator of the offense. And, and, I, and I think that's what really worked in this game was he worked really well as that kind of secondary playmaker that, that he really needs to be. Aaron Gordon finished the night with 19 points on 7 for 16 shooting, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, but 4 turnovers as well. Um, I thought Gordon was pretty good on Ben Simmons in the half court. Um, you know, in transition, it's tough to guard Ben Simmons, period. But I thought Gordon did a really good job kind of keeping Simmons contained in the half in the half court at least uh, and making him work hard. And that's, that's what Gordon does every time he plays Simmons. I, I think Aaron Gordon matches up with Ben Simmons really, really, really well. I thought Gordon's shot selection slipped on a few occasions. I felt like he sometimes was a little too quick to go for his own shot and to, to work that mid-range game that he sometimes struggles with. Uh, but at the same time, when he was working, he was working really, really well. And, and, he, and he has that mid-range jumper. He's comfortable with that mid-range jumper, and I don't always hate him doing that. As long as, he does, as long as he's making quick decisions offensively, I think he's really good. I think he's fine. Defensively, he's, he's really, really good. And, and he had a really good defensive game in this game. Um, overall, uh, really great on the glass. Nine offensive, re- nine, uh, nine, not nine defensive rebounds, two offensive rebounds. He's been. I think the biggest area that Gordon has improved this year has been his rebounding. Um, that is something that he needed to get better at. And, and while I think a lot of us are waiting for that offense to come around, uh, I, I do think the defensive ask, the defensive part of him has been a huge boost for him as well. Nikola Vucevic had 16 points, 10 for 16 shooting, two for six from beyond the arc, 12 rebounds, and seven assists. The Magic did a really good job running through Vucevic, uh, and he was a little bit of a decoy offensively. I mean, he definitely looked for his shots, and, and I thought he took some some interesting shot selection, especially late in the game. Um, he had he missed a three that he should not have taken. There was 12 seconds left on the shot clock. I don't think he realized that, and that led directly to a three-pointer for the Sixers um, during that comeback. So it, it definitely not a good decision there late. A, a lot of Magic players made bad decisions late whether it was on the ball, passing, or, or shot selection, and certainly missing shots at the foul line. Uh, but overall, I thought Vucevic, is, Vucevic was really good. Um, the Magic work really well when they play and cut off him and play through him. Uh, I, I'm not always a fan of running just straight pick and rolls with him all the time. I think you get him either in the low or the high post and run run you know run screens for each other to get to get other people open because Vucevic will find find your man and find you open and then you can run some dribble handoff actions with him. I think there's I, I still think there's a lot more the magic could be doing with Vucevic and and this this is kind of game that shows his potential as a passer and shows his potential as kind of the fulcrum of the offense. They made Joel Embiid work. They pulled him away from the basket. He wasn't much of a shot blocking presence in this game. Um because he has to worry about Vucevic at the three point line or in the high post. 
Uh, and I think Orlando did a good job kind of kind of get, getting everything running through Vucevic uh, overall. Although, again, struggled to shoot, did, you know, missed some shots around the basket that he needs to make. But overall, you know, I, I thought good game from him. Um, I thought that he played Embiid tough. I mean, it's tough to beat Embiid. Um, at the same time, I think Embiid was also focused more on his own shot, on, on shooting from the mid-range. He didn't try and bully Vucevic much. Um, struggled a little bit going up against Ken Birch, who had, who had a really nice 15 minutes with Mobamba out of the game, or out of the game with, with the sprained ankle. Uh, but I, I think that I think that overall Vucevic did a good job on Embiid, to be honest. Um, I kept him on the perimeter, which I think is the goal whenever you play Joel Embiid. Terrence Ross off the bench had 17 points on 5 for 12 shooting, 2 for 6 from beyond the arc, 7 rebounds for him, 3 turnovers as well. Orlando turned the ball over 15 times. That's not good. Markel Fultz also had a solid game, 13 points, 5 for 10 shooting, 2 for 4 from beyond the arc, 6 assists against 3 turnovers. Scored 10 of his 13 in the first half, 7 of his 13 in the first quarter. Did a really good job, I felt like, setting the tone for the game. He got into the paint. He kind of proved that he could get anywhere he wanted. He hit a couple threes to get the Sixers to kind of guard him a little bit more on the three-point line. They still kind of left him open and set and dared him to shoot. He made them pay. Um, but he did a good job getting into the lane, finishing around the basket, and, and really passing and distributing off the dribble. He got a little lazy. He had a string of turnovers at the end of the second quarter and another bad one at the third quarter. He's got to, you know, kind of keep that focus and 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 keep that intensity. And I think that's just a, I think that's a rookie thing. I think that's just a young player thing with him. Uh, but overall, um, you know, he really set the tone for this game and was a big part of the reason why the Magic were able to stay in this one early and kind of get off to the start that they needed to get to to play this Philadelphia team. Orlando shoots 42% from the field overall, 33.3% from beyond the arc, 14 of 23 from the foul line. Magic had to make their free throws. That that was a huge storyline. You can't miss nine free throws. Uh, in a game like this, but the Magic got away with it, especially late. 26 assists on 37 field goal makes, so good ball movement there. Three players with six assists or more, Nikola Vucevic with seven, Evan Fournier with six, and Markel Fultz with six. Orlando turns the ball over 15 times. That was that enabled Philadelphia to get out on the break a little bit. They had 15 fast break points, uh, 12 points off of 16 turnovers for both teams, actually, in this game. Um, overall, uh, a solid, uh, Embiid with 24 points, but 8 for 21 shooting, 4 for 11 from beyond the arc, 11 rebounds, 4 turnovers for him. The Magic did a good job defensively on him. I felt like Tobias Harris with 24 points and 11 rebounds for the Sixers. Ben Simmons with 13 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists. Overall, Philadelphia shoots 40.2% from the floor, 10 for 29 from beyond the arc. They hit 5 of their 10 free three-pointers in the final 2 minutes to get back into the game. But overall, Orlando does a good job kind of holding them down uh, and making them work for everything that they had. Uh, Orlando was able to get to get some separation late in the fourth quarter. They held on for dear life at the end as they left the door open. But overall, the Magic pick up a, a really solid win, 98-97 to over the Philadelphia 76ers. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And so what, what is the takeaway from all this? On one hand, you can certainly point to the first 46 minutes, a, a pretty big, sizable a sample in a game that says the Magic were really good defensively. 
except for giving up 29 points in the fourth quarter. Again, so much of that, 15 of that really coming in the last two minutes of the of the game. The Magic give up only a 95.1 offensive rating. Give up 95.1 points per 100 possessions. Back-to-back games giving up less than 100 points per possession. They dictated the tempo of the game. They were making Philadelphia look and, and rotate and change their game plan a little bit because they caught them maybe a little bit off guard with how they defended Joel Embiid, but they were the ones that were scrambling and making life difficult for the 76ers. This was magic basketball. We've been talking all week long, really, about who this team is, what this team's identity is, what they ultimately want to accomplish, and what they ultimately need to do to experience success, however you want to define it. And we've debated maybe a little bit over what success is. But we all agree that the Magic aren't that, or haven't been that this season so far. Not consistently, at least. The Magic haven't played to the level and the capability that we know they can play at, the way that they have to play at the end of the day. That's that's the truth of it, really. That the Magic aren't aren't all the way there yet. And so right now at this juncture of the season, you know, especially, you know, against these elite more elite competition against elite competition which the Magic have struggled with tremendously. When you're playing the best teams in the league, that's when your foundation and who you are has to be firmest. Or the most firm. I don't know if firmest is a word. The most firm. Because those teams are going to take away your first option, your second option. They're going to make everything harder. And if you don't have stable ground to stand on, then you're going to fall. And that's what building a foundation is really about. When you don't have that foundation, when you let go of the rope, when you don't take care of your business, it's easy to see how quickly it all falls apart. It's easy to see how quickly things turn around because yes, the storyline coming out of this game is not that the Magic beat the Philadelphia 76ers, that the Magic got the win that they so desperately wanted that people like me have been saying, the Magic got to win these games. They got to beat good teams. They need the quote-unquote resume win. The resume win, their first resume win came with an asterisk because Joel Embiid didn't play. And now their second resume win comes with this uneasy feeling. This uneasy feeling that, hey, not that they didn't deserve it, not that they didn't go out and win the game, that they almost gave it away. Because yes, results matter. And the result of an individual game matters, but so does what it portends for the future and for the next game because this is a marathon, not a sprint. Everything leads into the next. Everything is a lesson for the next game, for the next opportunity to go out and play. So the Magic played a great 46 minutes. The Magic played exactly how they wanted to play. They looked exactly like the team they want to be and they took it to one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. And then for two minutes, they didn't execute those basic things. They gave up offensive rebounds. They missed shots and didn't get back in transition. They missed free throws. They left that door open. And they almost it almost cost them. 
I've often said about this team that they have a very small margin for error. And that is one of the things that, yes, for the long-term picture, which I I try not to think about too much, but I I do acknowledge it's there. For the long-term picture, decreasing that margin for error needs to be the priority. And that's really about getting better players, about getting uh, players who can bail you out. Sixers have that, believe it or not. The Sixers played a poor game for 46 minutes. You know, you sat there and said, this is a this is a team that thinks it is a finals contender, a team that can actually win a championship. And they essentially know, I mean, not that they no-showed against the Magic. I think that they, they did some things well, but, you know, this was the kind of game that back when the Magic had Dwight Howard that I would say, the Magic didn't play well. The Magic didn't do the things they needed to do, and you still expect them to win even when they don't play well because that's how good they are. But I remember watching games like this back in 09 and 10 and 11 and saying, like, this isn't going to cut it against the very best. The Sixers know that. And yet, with two minutes left, they picked up their urgency. They picked up their pressure. And they nearly stole the game away because the Magic weren't quite good enough to put it away. They were good enough. They just, they just didn't. And that foundation showed a little bit of its cracks. That while the Magic are trying to reinforce who they are and, and, and show who they are again, it's not quite all the way there yet. The work for the Magic continues. The work for the Magic is not done. They've had one really nice, they've had two really nice games. No doubt about it. Two really good efforts. But they aren't there yet. They're not a team that can bank on what they've had. In fact, I would, I would almost argue that while I believe the Magic have had a lot more poise this year and, and, and being around them, they seem to have a lot more kind of poise and comfort under, and understanding of what it's going to take to make the playoffs again. But that attitude, frankly, has led to a little bit of a lack of urgency. The kind of urgency that was so key to the Magic's success. These last two games, the Magic have had that urgency defensively. They are playing with a different energy and a different kind of focus about them. And that's why they're playing so much better. That's why they were able to get a win like this, to to be up 11 with two minutes to play. But it's easy to see how quickly that can go away and how, how much... If that isn't there, if that attention to detail, that focus, that intensity, that urgency isn't there, it's easy to see how quickly the Magic lose hold of things. A game like this cannot happen again, to be sure. The Magic cannot allow themselves to even come under the threat of a loss like this because guess what? The Magic are better than they were last year. They are much better than they have played this year. They've proven that time and time again through flashes and little moments. And now it's just about building consistency. Consistency is all about the foundation that you build. The Magic are clearly good enough. But are they going to be good enough long enough? Are they going to be good enough through the tape to the finish to win these games against the good opponents? 
what they did at the end of this game might they might have gotten away way with against Chicago. Sorry, Chicago. Or Charlotte. Sorry, Charlotte. Or Cleveland. Sorry, Cleveland. Those are the games the Magic expect to win, though. The games that the Magic need to win are these games against Philadelphia. Saturday's game against Milwaukee. Those are the opponents the Magic ultimately need to beat or be able to beat. And they're not going to do that if their foundation isn't strong. I want to thank you for joining us this Saturday for this episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himway, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at underscore And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily, especially Saturday during the Magic's game against the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll be back on our next episode to recap that game and talk a little bit more about what's been what, what happened over the weekend with the Orlando Magic. So until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.